0: So uh, anybody ever been on a diet, <laughs> right? We're not going to call it diet uh, this morning. We're going to call it healthy living, okay? And that way, if you're, if you're not on a diet or whatever, you don't, you don't feel okay. But you know, so when you start looking at your life, looking at your body or whatever, and things aren't quite the way they're supposed to be, right, you could use some we'll call it toning, okay, Uh, you start looking into different ways, you know, how to lose weight, how to eat healthy, how to do, and there's, don't you hate the person that just goes, yeah, it's just uh, eat right and exercise, and you're like, no, duh, thank you for that, uh, Marcus Welby, I appreciate that, I've entitled this sermon, No Duh, Because what we're going to be talking about this morning is so simple, it's so obvious, it's like, no duh, but it's so important. And so when you start looking at your life, and I kind of put it with the whole diet and exercise thing, you start looking at, let's just take a diet. I did the Atkins diet one time, that's just like no carbs, all protein, and in the first week, you're allowed to eat anything you want, like fat-wise. So every morning I ate bacon, a, a, a lot of bacon. <laughs> I ate a lot of bacon, so much so that it actually kind of made me sick. And I'm like, well, maybe that's, the, maybe that's the whole point is that I get sick and then I lose all this weight. But, but I did the Atkins diet. But that's not, I mean, it, look, there's a South Beach diet, right? There's the Zone, okay? There's the Grapefruit diet. There's Slim Fast. There's Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, right? All these different kinds of diets, there's the vegan diet which i'm on right now okay like you just it's just grains and like well here's the way i do it because it's, it's important to see how i do this what i do is i i have a cow eat all that stuff and then i eat the cow <laughs> and it's kind of a way okay feel free to use that during the week in your cubicle if you want but uh there's all these diets, and then you get to exercise, and there's like, you know, I did a whole sermon on that P90X thing, I don't know if you remember that, hopefully you remembered one of my sermons, but there's that, I mean, there's aerobics, there's personal trainers, there, you know, you got all the different things. We saw one the other night, this <laughs> contraption that looked like it was made by Satan, that you get in, and you swing, your, you, you kneel on it, and you, you seen that? Okay, that thing is crazy, and you swing, and they show the, the guy has got his gut, and while he's doing it, and you're like, wow, that's awesome, right? But what is it? It comes down to eat right and exercise, and if you're like me, you've tried different things, or at least you know about, I mean, some of you, you know, for medical reasons, it's just you are who you are, there's nothing you can do about it. Other people, you don't ever have to diet or exercise, you're just always thin, and and we actually hate you people. Um, we talk about you behind your back. You don't know it, but we do. But uh, and so it comes down to always the same thing: eat right and exercise. And there's also something I know is true about you because it's true about me, and that is, it's no shock what you look like. Like when you gain a bunch of weight or whatever, it's like it's no surprise how you got there, right? I mean, you don't wake up one morning and you kind of stumble out of bed and, you know, you get in the shower and you wash yourself and then you walk by the mirror and you're like, what? <laughs> Honey, come quick. I don't know where this came from. You know, and she's going, well, it I might have been the Fritos, but it might not, right? You, there's no shock. And if you're also like me, what you want is a quick fix. You don't want it to co- mess, be much time. You don't want it to be inconvenient and you don't want it to cost a lot of money. It took a long time to get there, but by golly, you're going to take a pill and get back the other way in just a couple weeks. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. No duh. I mean, really, in our lives, we have whatever, weight issues, whatever, and those things span the gamut from health reasons to all sorts of other stuff. I'm not talking about weight this morning. I'm talking about the stuff that when we look in the mirror and we see on the inside, different obsessions we have different habits we have, different outbursts of anger we have, different anxieties that we have. There's no quick fix. It comes down to eat right and exercise. You go, well, eat right and exercise. Well, I'll I'll explain that in a minute. But we know how we got there. It's no shock. But it seems like in our spiritual lives, just like in our physical lives, we want something that that isn't going to take too much time, it's not going to be inconvenient, and it's not going to cost us a lot. And I'm here to tell you, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. If you're spiritually unhealthy, it's going to come down to no duh. Eat right and exercise. And this is where Jesus was in Matthew chapter 22. I want to get to that real quick. Well, let me tell you what happens. We're, we're at, Jesus has got about two more days to live, okay? So the things that he has to say are the things of utmost importance. And what we've been seeing in Matthew chapter 20 and 21 is some people are coming to trap him because they're trying to find a way to kill him. And what's so awesome is that he wants to die anyway. So he's making it extremely easy for them, okay? And so they come to him on one thing and they come to him on another thing and, and he just, Just rips them. He just rips them. And then finally, they come to him with this idea of what's the greatest commandment. Let me read this for you real quick. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. It says Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? you have to understand what's going on here because this is really important the pharisees and the teachers of the law were so into the law they were so into those five the first five books of the bible they had them memorized and of course they they believed in the prophets and all that kind of stuff but they loved the law they loved the law so much well they studied the law so much that they took the ten commandments you know uh, um, do you not have any idols do not commit adultery don't steal remember the sabbath all those they took all those in the hebrew and they took every single letter of the ten commandments and they made a law that had to do with every single letter so like the ten commandments aren't enough we have to then take every le- every hebrew letter and make another law and it was 613 of those things And the way they divided them up was 248 one for each part of your body and then 365 one for each day of the year Okay, so you take the Ten Commandments and you expand it to 613. Okay, then what they did is they they took the the, the 248, those were affirmative laws. Those were, you better do this. And the 365 were negative laws. Don't do this. And then they took them all and they jumbled them all together and they made some of them light laws, things you probably should do, and then some of them binding laws, things that you definitely have to do. All from the Ten Commandments. And they argued about this stuff All the time they argued about the law and this is more important than this and what do we do about this and what do we do about that it's kind of like today how do you lose weight you turn on the infomercial and this is going and that's going and and what's the best diet and then you find out that like eight people die from that diet so they you know erase erase not that diet we're going to the other diet and not this exercise thing and all this kind of stuff and so they come to jesus and they've been arguing for years and years and years about this question and they say jesus what's what, what is, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And he goes, well, it's just diet and exercise. What? What does he say? Here's what he says. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then he, then he, he gives them a little bonus there because they didn't ask for the top two. They asked for the top one. And the second is, uh, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what did he do? He quoted scripture. He quoted what uh, scholars call the Shema. And the only reason I tell you that is just in case someone tries to trick you and says, what's the Shema? Now you'll know. You'll never need to know that word. But if you're a pastor and you're in a room of pastors and someone says, hey, so I was reading the Shema and you don't know and, they're, and you're like, what's the Shema? And they all go, <laughs> he doesn't know what the Shema is. Now you know what the Shema is, okay? It has no bearing on your life, uh, but what it says is your life. It's out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now Jesus uh, here says um, mind. And what, most likely what Jesus said was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mark adds strength to it. There's not a, it's not a mess up. You remember, Matthew has got a, a, a point here of pointing to Jesus as Messiah. Mark, he adds strength. Doesn't matter. Most likely Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your uh, soul, and with all your strength okay? So that's the Shema. You have to understand what the Shema meant to these people, this Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 6. If you, if you went to a Jewish home, uh, and if you go to one now, there's a little box by the door called a mezuzah, okay? And, and, and sometimes it's by the door with the Star of David. Sometimes it's nailed onto the doorpost. It's a little box. And if you open that box up, out comes a Superman cape. No. Out comes Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, okay? It's... it's this is it for them. This is the verse. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees had these little boxes they put on their head called phylacteries. It was a little box, and if you went up to a Pharisee, which you shouldn't do, and you opened up the little box, out would come the Shema. Out would come Deuteronomy chapter 6 on a little scroll. On their arm was a, is a bound leather, and on that bound leather is a box, and in that box is a piece of paper. And if you open that box up, that piece of paper is Deuteronomy. This is it. Now now, now picture this, guys. Here's a guy who studies the law. An expert in the law. And he comes to Jesus with a box on his head. Right? And he comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? For your viewing pleasure, let me see. I need a box. I'm going to use my there. Okay, here we go. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus is like, "Is this a joke, dude? Check the box. Look in the. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Okay, you got a box on your forehead, bro. Open it. Have you? When's the last time you opened the box? Okay, that's what he's saying. Is he writing exercise? You got it posted on your door. You got it on your fore. It's on a box on your forehead. You moron, right? And you can see the other Pharisees. They're looking at Jesus is looking at the box, going, "Dude, are you serious?" And the other Pharisees are like, "Cover your box, dude. You should have. You why did you Why didn't you take the box off? You gave it away. It was everywhere. Did I mess us up? Okay, sorry. It was everywhere. It's obvious." Love the Lord your God, God has something to say. See, here's the thing. Somebody asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, what his favorite verse was in the Bible. Uh, uh, The the whole Bible's inspired by God. And somebody came and said, well, is one part more important than the other part? And Jesus actually answers the question, yes. Yeah. It's the box on your forehead. It's obvious. It's eat right and exercise. God spoke at that time, and said, if you could memorize any verse in the Bible, it would be that one. If you could follow any verse in the Bible, it would be that one. If you were stranded on a desert island, and all you had was one piece of paper, and you could only remember one verse, guess which one it would be? It would be that one. Jesus answers the question, and it's so obvious. We know what we need to do, church. No duh. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. It's not complicated. It's not a mystery. I mean, I can look through the Bible. I mean, We've got all this stuff. And You know why all this stuff is in the Bible? I mean, if that was the most important thing, why in the world would we have all this? Because we don't do it. And in the scripture is a whole list of ideas on how and a whole bunch of stories of people who didn't and a whole bunch of warnings of what happens if you don't. But we, deep down in our heart, know it's true, No duh. That's what we're supposed to do. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I mean, like if you, I can't describe how much this verse penetrated their society. It was Everywhere. It was like um, like when you go, you ever go on a diet or do something and you got the fridge notes, like the note on your fridge that, you know, right before you go to get a snack, it says, like, bigger snacks, bigger slacks, right, you know? <laughs> you ever have those or, you know, a minute on the lips, forever on the hips, you know? I, in, you know how, okay, uh, <laughs> let me get past those, that part of my notes, okay, right? This is what it was like. It was everywhere. It was a reminder. It was a reminder. Hey, remember, remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. With all, it was so infused into their society and yet they were not doing any of it. Even just to put it on their forehead and to carry it around their arm and have it on their door. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing? How are you doing with it? I mean, no duh. It's the easiest verse in the world. How are you doing? Because here's the thing. You sit there and you go, okay, Pastor John, you're right. Let's get together. Go ahead and give me an exercise program. Give me something to do. Give me a diet program. I'm ready. You're right. I want to go. And here's what I have to tell you. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you this morning. You are going to have to figure it out. Because here's the beautiful thing about this verse. It's personal. It's your personal verse with God. Love the Lord, your God. Not my God. I mean, it's most likely the same God. Your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. I can come up here and I can go, I can tell you what I do, I can do all this kind of stuff, but until you understand it's your God, he's your God. How are you doing with your God? We just sang his praises. Carlos just read a great thing out of the message. That was awesome. I loved that. About what it's like, how his glory is on display. And we say, take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. How are you doing? With your God. See, I put it on here. pretty cool. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Because here's the thing I know about you and I know about me. Whether I'm looking in the mirror and looking at my physical state, whether I look at my bank account and look at my financial state, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm looking at to kind of see where I am, I wrote this down because it's very important. I want to read it correctly. Listen to this. Your current plan is perfectly designed to get your current results. I'm going to read it again. Your current plan is perfectly designed to get your current results. You say, well, what's my plan? Well, (laughs) there's your your first problem, right? How you are right now spiritually, what you're doing in your life has produced you. Now, some other things have come into, you know, you've got history, you've got bosses, you've got all this kind of stuff. But your current, I'm going to read again, because this is why I wrote it down, because I was going to mess it up, and it's very important. Your current plan is perfectly designed to get your current results. So if you want to change, if you look and you say, oh man, love the Lord my God. Do I love my God? Is it with all my heart? Is it with all my uh, soul, all my mind, all my strength? If not, you have to change your routine. You can't just keep doing the same thing you're doing. I can't keep doing the same thing I'm doing, getting the same results, and then just say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to just think harder about it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And Jesus brings this right down and gets very personal about it. And see, oftentimes we say, okay, well, I'll do something, but I don't want it to cost too much time. I don't want it to be inconvenient, and I don't want it to cost me too much. Listen, it's going to cost you everything, it's going to take all your time, it's going to take all your convenience all your comfort, love the Lord, your God. Describe your God. Who is your God? He demands all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, everything, all your strength, everything you do, he demands it all. Why? This is the greatest part of it, because that's what you were designed for, relationship with God. God knows out of his infinite love for you, that this is what's going to be best for you, to bring him glory, to bring him glory. Because here, here's the thing, when I, we all need motivation, right? I mean, we, we just do. If, if, I, if I'm going to lose weight or get in shape, like I, I, got my, um, I got my 20-year college reunion coming up. Okay, so if, if, if you said to me, oh man, your college reunion is coming up, and I said, okay, well, you know what, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna work out and get ripped so that when I show up, people are just like, whoa, dude, you look awesome, right? I'd fail, because I just don't care, right? So like, like the destination, what I'm trying to do, my goal, isn't worth the work, okay? But let's say I'm, let's say I'm lying on a hospital bed, and the doctor says, dude, you just barely made it if you don't stop eating bacon on your atkins diet (laughs) you're gonna your kids are gonna be without a dad all of a sudden there's my motivation right now i'm i'm exercising i'm eating right i'm doing because my destination i wrote this one down too see i love this stuff i i really do this is what i okay the destination is worth the perspiration the destination is worth the perspiration intimate relationship with god is worth everything you can put into it and so so you you have to figure out well what's my goal if your goal is just to feel good to come to church and to kind of like to be able to when the census comes out this year mark off you know christian as you know that ain't worth it that's not worth the perspiration that's not worth all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Who is your God? Because whoever your God is, that's where you're going to put your energies. You know, Jesus said it this way. Wherever your heart uh, is, um, wait, Where? <laughs> okay, what Jesus said is you can't serve God in money, okay? Wherever, I, this is so embarrassing. What is it, Nathan? Where? Yes, wherever your treasure is. Thank you i'm out of here okay okay (laughs) wherever your treasure this is see this is why i write things down wherever your treasure is um, second service i'm going to remember this and they're going to be like wow he's so smart and so spiritual but you guys will know he doesn't know nothing right okay wherever your treasure is that's where your heart wherever your god is you cannot serve god money jesus was saying okay so wherever your treasure is whoever your god is that's where you're that's where you're going to be going and what I'm here to tell you is relationship with God, true, deep relationship with God, where you're ready to sacrifice your very life for him is so worth that destination. I was, we got rid of cable television in our house, and, um, which was an awesome idea um, until football season started. And then I realized I don't have a television. So I got one of those antennas And then we have an old TV, so I had to get one of those converter boxes and stuff. And it just doesn't work. So what I did was, because it was yesterday, and I had some downtime, and I wanted to watch college football. So I ran a cable, which, again, those of you who know me, this is my first mistake, anything having to do with tools. Uh, So I I was up in the attic, because this is where I'm going to put this antenna to get better reception. Now, so it was yesterday afternoon, and it was about, I'd say, 180 degrees in the attic, uh, something, maybe 185, maybe, maybe not so much. And so I'm up there, and I, I like immediately go, and as I'm walking, my body begins to shrivel up as the, if, if the water evap, evaporates from my body. And, and I get the antenna up there, and I come down, and I am just completely, it was disgusting, okay? But it was worth it. Because the destination was college football, right? So it was worth the perspiration. It was worth getting the ladder out. It was worth all the stuff because I began to watch college football. I love college football, right? Now, it was a little, I never should have gotten rid of cable. It's really what you've got to go away with. Don't, no, it was, it was no big deal. It was great, right? Let's look at that little destination. Just a little thing, get the ladder set up, whatever. Now, listen, the goal, the destination of knowing God The destination of having kind of a kingdom impact and having him affect every area of your life is worth everything you have. This is what Jesus is saying. It's the greatest commandment. This is the way Paul said it. Don't don't lose me here. Listen to this. Paul's talking about this relationship with God. And this is what he says, because here's a guy who's given it all up. He says this. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but listen, I press on. I want that goal to take hold of that for which Jesus Oh, Christ Jesus took hold of me. Do you know why Jesus Christ took hold of you? Do you know why he died on the cross for your sins? So that you could have relationship with him. And, and what, Paul, what uh, Paul is saying here to this church in Philippi, he's encouraging them. He says, look, I'm, I'm not there yet, but let me tell you one thing I do, I press on. The destination is worth the Perspiration. I press on. Why? Because I want to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. I want that relationship. I want to love my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. And he goes on. And he says this, brothers, there's a term of endearment here. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He's like, I can see it, but I'm not there yet. But I do this thing. I forget the fact that I'm 20 pounds overweight. 40 pounds overweight. I forget the fact that I, yeah, it took me a while to get here and this is where I am. I forget about the fact that I got anger issues. I forget about the fact that my boss is an idiot. I forget about the fact that maybe I married the wrong person and here I am stuck. I forget about all that stuff. I put it all aside because I'm focused on one thing and that's to love my God. And he says this, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. It's an athletic term. You are, go, you are going for the prize. You are reaching out. You are giving it everything. You guys been watching Bolt, the guy, the 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 um, the track runner. Okay, the guy. You guys are shaking your head. No, go on YouTube and just type in Bolt. <laughs> Hussein Bolt, is it? But you spell it weird. It's kind of weird. He is faster than faster than fast. Every time he runs, he breaks another world record in the hundred meters. I mean, they're saying he. He won't be caught for years and years and years and years. And when he gets to the end of the run, he just kind of relax. Because that's the thing you do in track to humiliate the people behind you. You make it look like it's just nothing but a thing. I'm just running, right? That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's not like, I'm not, I don't care about the people behind me. I want to get to Jesus. I want to get to a point in my life where my life is so full of God. It's so powerful with the kingdom of God. That I've given him my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole mind, my whole strength, everything. I'm straining for him. I'm giving whatever up. I'm laying everything aside for that one thing. And then he goes on. He still has stuff to say about it. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How are you doing? How are you doing? The one greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. Where what's missing? Is there something missing? Is it your mind? Does your mind wander? Is your mind focused on things it shouldn't be focused on? Is that what's holding you back? Is that, is that why people are passing you up, if we kind of use the running term? Is that why you're kind of gaining the extra weight spiritually? Is that why you're, you don't feel as healthy spiritually? Is it your mind? Is it your heart? Are there things you're striving for that God's going, what are you, what, what are you doing? Don't put, that's not what you should be striving for. Is it your soul? Is it your emotions? Is it, is it, what, what's holding you back? See, I can't give you your workout routine. You're going to have to figure it out this week. You're going to have to go before your God and go, what am I missing, God? If, if you're missing anything, you might be going, oh, man, I'm doing great, which is fantastic. Come up with a plan on how you're going to keep it up. How are you going to keep getting more and more healthy spiritually? Because even Paul was saying, not that I've already, I'm not there yet, guys. And we have a long way to go before we get to be like Paul, I'd say. I mean, I don't know all of you personally, but I know, I know me. <laughs> and it t- it's going to take me a while. The destination is worth it. To know God, to have God moving in power in your life. You know, we talk a lot in this church about the fruit of the Spirit. But literally, I mean, to walk, I mean, think about waking up in the morning and your day is marked by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and you know what's so beautiful about, full about that fruit it has nothing to do with your circumstances so you don't have to worry about your circumstances changing you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about getting out of I mean, we're going to move towards all these things, but you don't have to worry about where you are financially and where you are with your work and where you are at school and where you are with your relationship with your wife. It all comes down to love the Lord your God. He's your God. Have you thought of him about that way? Your God? What's your or is it just kind of like God? He wants to be have an intimate relationship with you he wants to be your God he wants to be able to speak and you hear Jesus showed this this is what Jesus says we love this verse because we always quote the first half of it (laughs) okay and I will do whatever you ask in my name Mm. amen I love that right don't we love that? And, oh, like Jesus comes and he's got his towel and his tray of hors d'oeuvres and he's like, may I help you? And, well, yes, Jesus, in your name, I would like a different job. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. And off he goes. Right? I love that. I wish it stopped there. What's his problem? Right? So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. That's your goal. You know, you were designed to bring glory to God. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Because when you do, when your life is a sacrifice, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, that's your spiritual service of worship, the word says. You are firing on all 12 cylinders, you are jamming. Things don't bother you as much. Because why? Because you know what God has done. We were destined for hell. He provided a way to have relationship with him forever. What, what, what can man do? Paul said this momentary light affliction is nothing. This is compared to what I got in Jesus. He said it differently, but that's the gist of what he was saying. So he says, so that the Son may bring you glory. As a matter of fact, Jesus had this nail down. Okay? Because he was, he was he was God, and then he came down as man. And in John chapter 17, Jesus says this. Oh, man, I can't wait till, I, I just want to glorify you. I want you to glorify me. I want it to be like it was before, before I came down. And, and you know, God, that, that relationship, he modeled what it's like. And we look at Jesus' life. We've been doing it all through Matthew. He pretty much could go through anything. Why? Because his whole life was to glorify his father. His whole life was to bring his father glory. As a matter of fact, he said, another part in John, I don't, even, I don't speak a word unless I hear my father tell me what to say and how to say it. Could you imagine if you never opened your mouth until God told you what to say and how to say it? I, I'd have like 10 words to say, right? Pretty cool, pretty cool. And Jesus goes on, okay, real quick. I don't wanna go too long on this. Jesus goes on, he says this. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything. This entire scripture, this, all this Bible. Everything hangs on that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you've done it. You got it. Everything hangs on that. And what we do is we hang our religion on other things that don't hold the weight when, 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 when our lives come crashing down. We need something solid. Jesus talks about building your life on, a, on the rock, on the foundation. That is the rock. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything, everything in your life must hang on those two things. That's it if not it's going to come crumbling down if you're here just because sunday morning you're supposed to be at church and you tough times hit you're done if you're here and it's just like oh yeah you know what Am I? you've got to decide is he my god now some of us are here and we're just kind of searching and that's fine that's great you're like dude mellow out I just I'm just visiting. I don't even know. I, I think I'm Buddhist. I don't even know yet, okay? It's, this sermon isn't for you. All I'm telling you is: when you decide, can you hang your life on what you've decided? Because everything in my life must hang on this. Is He my God? And what's getting in the way of this relationship? <laughs>